imagine you're in Austin, Texas. You're a visiting tourist who drove up from San Antonio after seeing the Alamo and the Riverwalk, and now you're in the Texas Capitol building. You walk in to find the president of Texas giving an address before the Texan Congress, with Texas as an independent nation. Welcome to Imagine If, the alternate history podcast. I'm your host, Brody Burton. back to Imagine If. Today we're going to be exploring the concept of manifest destiny and had it not occurred, put frankly. We started with a little teaser in Austin, Texas. Texas is unique among American states as it is one of only four U.S. states to have formally been an independent nation alongside Vermont, Hawaii, and for a very, very brief period, California. Texas was by far the largest of these in both land area and in how long it actually lasted. With the exception of Hawaii, Texas outlasted all the other ones, and Texas is far, the Republic of Texas was far larger than all the previously stated, as it included not just Texas, but about half of New Mexico and portions of Colorado, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming. And it was also key in really starting Manifest Destiny. When Texas was first annexed by the U.S. in 1845, it led to a series of events that resulted in several other U.S. states joining the Union, including California, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, and Utah. This being as Texas, with if the U.S. had never annexed Texas, the Mexican-American War never would have started, and from that we never would have gotten the annexation of the previously stated territories. So, without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Imagine, it's 1843, and you are a ballot counter in Bexar County, Texas. The presidential election for the state of Texas for the nation of Texas, rather, is underway. And you are counting votes in the key area of Bexar County. Bexar County includes the key pivotal city of San Antonio, the largest city in the state. It'll be key to seeing whether Mirabu B. Lamar's party is able to retake control of the presidency. The incumbent president, Sam Houston, is term limited, and his party seems like it does, will not have the greatest chance at re-seizing control of the government. As you count votes, it becomes ex- extraordinarily clear that Mirabubi Lamar's party is becoming the dominant force. The key issue at stake here between Lamar and Houston's parties is Lamar's advocates for a more imperial Texas, whereas Houston's party advocates for no Texas whatsoever, Texas joining the United States. This election seems to be a referendum on that issue, and it seems like Texans do not want to join the United States. When the results are in, Mirabu B. Lamar's party is able to retake control of the Texas government in its entirety. 
While they changed several policies of Sam Houston's, including going back to various wars with the Native Americans and other things, it completely cuts off negotiations with the United States to join the Union. This is a major blow to James Knox Polk, to President James Knox Polk and the Democratic Party in the United States. Rather to President Tyler and the Whigs in the United States. Tyler was really pushing, President Tyler was really pushing for the annexation of Texas in order to be able to win the nomination of either the Democratic or the Whig parties. However, it seems that is very unlikely. Speaker of the House, James Knox Polk, is able to successfully ascend to the presidency on the promise of annexing the Oregon Territory. Pushing the slogan of 4840 or fight, President Polk is able to allow for the United States to annex what later becomes the states of Oregon, Idaho, Washington, and American Columbia. Meanwhile, down south in Texas, Lamar's party has remained in control of the government for several years now and has begun to push for a more aggressive imperial push. Soon enough, Lamar is able to Lamar's party, the Imperialist Party, is able to is able to use a border skirmish with Mexico to go full into war. However, Mexico is divided itself. The incumbent dictator, Santa Ana, is, has become very unpopular and civil war is tearing apart the nation. Texas is able to use this as an excuse to expand over much of Mexico. This soon, soon enough, after the annexation of large regions of Mexico, Lamar's party is able to secure their dominance. However, soon enough, the Lamar's Imperialist Party and Houston's Annexation Party both fall to the wayside as California, after the California Gold Rush, begins to wield more political power in the, in the national capital in Austin. The Houston the annexation and the Imperialist Party become known as the Houstonian Party in honor of the first president of Texas, Sam Houston. Meanwhile, Californians adopt the name 49er and start the 49er Party. Swing and what became key was the regions in between, a region heavily Mormon dominated. Soon, both sides began, began trying to win over this key section of the electorate with the 49ers being more successful in doing so. Soon enough, the Texas Congress is able to use this to start repealing portions of slavery, and by, 17, and by 1876, they completely abolish slavery. Meanwhile, in America, in the United States, the admission of new states is entirely stopped to preserve the North-South balance of power. It seems like there will be hardly any new states, if any should form, with Southerners pushing heavily for Oregon to become a slave state. Soon enough, another event would 
hurt the would hurt the Democratic Party in the United States. In the in the eighteen seventies, the United Kingdom began its recolonization of America as it was put by the Republicans, buying Alaska and adding it to Canada. This really scared off many expansionists in America to join the Republican Party, who soon became the dominant party in the United States. As this was happening, mass African-American migration from Louisiana, Arkansas, and Mississippi into Texas began to occur. In 1883, the United States was forced to abolish slavery in order to keep African-American workers in the United States. However, by the time the 1900s came around, Mexico, Texas, and the U.S. would all become very, very fierce rivals. In the First World War, Texas took the side of the Allies, while the U.S. took the side of the Central Powers. In the post-war world, the Texas received every part of the U.S. west of the Mississippi and the northern territories of Mexico in compensation for their support of the Allied powers in the First World War. Texas was able to use this to set up alliances with the newly freed Canada, Mexico, and the United States. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Imagine If. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.